And when you move into new behaviors and when you begin to live for Jesus and you begin to build the life that he has for you, some people around you are going to be excited and they're going to affirm and they're going to be for you and others are going to oppose you. There will be opposition. People don't like change. They particularly don't like spiritual change. So you can expect that. Your roommates, the people you work with, uh, your family, your extended family, they may be a little uncomfortable with the new you for a while. But there's blessing in that, and there's good changes with that. Well, the people around the Jews didn't like the fact that they were building the temple. So they wrote a letter, a lengthy letter, uh, to the king. And... What they said was, you know, that there was a, a time years, you know, years ago, uh, so that, that Cyrus uh, let them do this. And so they, they asked King Darius, uh, are you sure you want to allow this? We just want to remind you that this city was destroyed for a reason. This was, we just annihilated this place because these people were rebellious. They were hurtful. They, they came against the king. They just, they were not, there was, just, there was all kinds of damage done to us because of these people. You see, when grace is brought in and they're forgiven and they're being brought back in. And when you're forgiven and grace has come in, there's still people who want to see you punished. There's still people who think, well, no, that's, I don't like this. They're going to be punitive about that. And they said, you, got, you can't let these people do this. So they opposed them to such a strong measure that the work just completely shut down. And sometimes, even though you know in your heart you're on the right track, and you know that you know the truth, and you know that God's done a work in your life, but it seems like you just get shut down. Maybe that's from within. That you're thinking it's too good to be true. I just, this is not for me. I don't deserve all those kind of things. Or maybe on the outside, people come against you. Or there's, and so whatever happens spiritually, emotionally, you're back at the same place and you're just shut down. So that's exactly what happened. So the Jewish leaders wrote a letter uh, because they got this decree that said you can't do this work anymore. And they said, we were given permission to do this. Would you check the archives? You need to go back and look at your records and remember that, yes, we did all of that. And yes, we were at war. And yes, all of those, that conflict was there. But on the other side of that, there has been forgiveness and there has been grace. And even though we're still here, we have been set free to be able to do this. Would you check your records? So they did. They looked in all the usual places and they couldn't find it here and they couldn't find it there. Then finally, way over here in another building, they came across this scroll and they said, it's here. Yes, Cyrus gave them and not only, it's like and a, a bonus, maybe we shouldn't have done this because not only permission, but he said we would fund the whole thing. We would pay for give them complete permission to do whatever they want to do. And it said that their priest can come to you and say, we need um, some oil and, and we need flour. We need all these, uh, we need this equipment and we need the building materials and, and we have to provide that for them. So they sent the letter back and said, here's the, the truth. You're going to be able to finish the temple after all. God reclaimed what was forgotten. God reclaimed what was forgotten. And that's what he wants to do in your life, in your heart.
Here's the thing about us. It's real easy for us to forget important things. To forget big things sometimes. And major truths in our life. And events. And you know as we sang two songs back to back about God's faithfulness. And I'm standing there and I'm singing. I'm thinking Lord this is true. And this song is reminding me as we're singing it. You have been so faithful. Even when I've not been faithful. Even when I've been anything but faithful. You were faithful. And you purposed in your heart to reclaim me all along the way. See, we need to remember those truths. We need to remember some things. There's other things we need to forget. And isn't it crazy that those are the things we do remember? All the negative things. Some of you are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. And you can remember things that were said to you when you were 5, 6, 7, 8, 10 years old. That wounded your heart. You can remember things that happened to you when you were a teenager. And it left its mark. And it did some damage. Isn't that crazy? We can't remember these powerful truths. But we remember the hurts. We live in a fast-paced society. People my age say that because to us it seems fast. To you, it's you think this is normal. That's your reference point. But it's a very much uh, an information-driven society. And oftentimes, present-day events... What happened this morning? What happens right now? Because everything is real, real quick and real instant. You know, when Kathy and I were in college and we were separated uh, for a semester, we would write letters to each other and mail them. It would take days. And so there's this constant flow of cards and letters going back and forth. That would drive you crazy. You would think, I text them two minutes ago and they're not answering. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on and why they're ignoring me. And we live like that, right? Things are happening quickly. And it's funny. I can remember things that happened. I can tell you stories of my childhood that happened years and years ago. But I may not know where my car keys are that I just had this morning. That's kind of the way our mind works. And God is constantly having to challenge us to remember the right things. And in doing that, sometimes he prescribes rituals uh, that nudge us in doing that. Even today, um, you know, some Jews will wear these phylacteries uh, uh, with this, these uh, uh, the little boxes and scriptures and they wrap this around their head and it's, and it's there, it's to remind them of God's laws. It's to remind them of that. He does that again and again and again in scripture. For instance, in the book of Joshua, God commanded the Hebrew children, build an altar. This was, uh, you cross the Jordan. Now, build an altar here because that will remind future generations of what happened back in the wilderness. That's in Joshua chapter 4. He said, you need to be reminded. All those Jewish feasts and the festivals like Passover and the customs and all of that was created to help people remember God's faithfulness. You can go back and look in Leviticus 23. It was there for a purpose so that you wouldn't forget. Now, in, in our life, 
our forgetfulness can bring about pain and suffering. When you forget the important things, and you'll suffer needlessly. We shouldn't forget the painful memories of the past. And I know maybe you've tried. But we do need to remember that God is faithful in all of our circumstances. You trust him with your past. I mean, with your future. You trust him with eternity. You can trust him with your past as well. So my invitation today Where I'm going is that you would receive God's healing in your life. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. God wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to bind up your wounds. Now there's something um, significant I think that can take place when we allow... God the Holy Spirit to minister to us in moments of remembering our pain. Because if he doesn't have that, if he's not present and just the memories are just given their own space and you have these memories and even as I say this, some of you are being triggered right now and, you're, and, and I'm not trying to do that but I'm just telling you that's what will happen. Because that's your emotional, mental habit. And you'll begin to remember these things. And what happens? It begins to be this reaction. And you're going to move in one direction for comfort or, or you know, to be able to cope with that or you know, somehow to manage that. Uh, and that's what begins uh, when we're wounded. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to participate in that memory and to be who he is, the parakletos, the one who's called, you know, the one called alongside us, and he journeys in and through that with us, there can be powerful and permanent healing from those things. So what may happen today, you may not feel as significant, but it could be because it could be the beginning of you remembering that God has assured you that he's going to bring healing in your life, in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, through the cross. You don't need to dwell on negative emotions or thoughts. And my intent is not to drag you through that and say, well, let's just go through it again. And I'll tell you some um, neuthetic counseling, that's kind of what it is. And I don't think it's... It's maybe part of a process, but it's not the pro- it's not the whole thing. Instead, you go through that when it comes and when that happens. But instead of just dwelling on that and letting that be your go-to uh, habit and position and you know behavior, we're going to allow God's word to reclaim not just our future but our past. God can reclaim your past. You see, I was, you know, born at a certain time, right? And then I began to live my life, and I, and I lived, and everything that happened to me, not everything is in my memory, but that's my history. That's my timeline. And so all of that's there. But here's the beautiful thing about being in Christ. It says that now that you're in Christ, 130-something times in the New Testament, you've been given a new life. A new creation. And Colossians and Galatians and Romans particularly emphasize the fact that you've got a new future. 
You know, see, you were headed toward hell. But now God has reclaimed you. He's redeemed you. And he's changed your path and your future. Now you're headed for heaven. Listen, I want you to know in the same way that the life of Christ, you know, it ends. It doesn't end in hell. It ends in heaven. Where did it begin? It didn't begin with you. You see, you're in Jesus now, so you're in his life. So your timeline was not only interrupted as it goes forward, your timeline was disrupted as it goes into the past. It's not just your past anymore because you're in Jesus. Did Jesus have those sins, those behaviors, those memories? No, your, your path now leads through Christ. Not all the way back to Adam anymore and Eve anymore, but through Jesus. I'll explain that better one day in the future, but I want you to see that you have a new future because you're in Jesus, and you have a new past. That's hard to wrap your mind around that, but it's true. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, when I read that, when I hear that, I'm immediately whisked back to vacation Bible school, you know? (laughs) It's like I'm seven years old again because that's probably the first time I heard that scripture and one of the few scriptures that I was familiar with as a boy. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. But I want you to see this as instructional, as a literal teaching, that his word is the lamp to your path. It's the light, not your memories, not your past experiences, not advice just from friends. For instance, Hagar was a slave in the Old Testament. And like some of you, she had been abused. She was mistreated. She finds herself pregnant and alone in the world. So she fled into the wilderness Can you imagine her despair and just how lonesome and scared she was? But it was there that an angel of the Lord appeared to her and he brought comfort and instruction and even a prophecy. Genesis 16, 13 says this. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. This is so beautiful. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. God sees you. He has not forgotten you. He has not overlooked you. He sees you. You. And all this message is, is trying to help you to see him. He sees you. Life experiences, and she had had a lot, had had just robbed Hagar of her God-given identity. And abuse had sent her this message down in her soul. You are nothing. You are not valued You are not important. You are a despised slave. Nobody needs you. Nobody loves you. Now God spoke to her about her very identity, who she is, and her destiny. 
And God spoke to her and God said, I know you. I know you. I love you. And I have ordained you, Hagar, as the mother of a nation. And you thought you weren't important. You thought you were insignificant. Not to me. In this darkest place, in the most lonely moment of her life, Hagar receives this revelation from God, the one who sees me. And he saw a plan and he saw her purpose and he would not allow her past. And whatever she had done, wherever she had been, whoever the people had damaged her, that would not obstruct him and what he's going to do in her future. No matter how deep your pain is, his grace, his love, and his mercy is even deeper. So that experience that God gave Hagar was amazing and it provided her with this courage to face all of her fears and to fulfill the future that God had for her. And like Hagar, God, you know, we can know his healing and his reclaiming power just like he did for the people during the time of Ezra. Do you remember one of our very first lessons uh, when we began this series was the fact that the people were given the choice to leave Babylon and come into Jerusalem or they could stay. Most of them, many of them decided, we've got lives here. We've got friends and jobs and people and we know the language and we kind of like the way they dress here. And you know what? We're just going to stay. So they stayed. But a few people remembered. They remembered the broken dreams. They remembered the promises of God. And they said, we're going to risk it all. And we're going to go to a place that feels an awful lot like home to us. It's been 70 years. Most of us have never even been there. But there's this pull. There's this attraction. There's something like coming home. And we're moving back. That's what God's calling you to do today. He's, he's calling you. He's pulling on your heart because he wants to reclaim you. And bring you to a home you've never been to before. Or that maybe you're just now waking up and remembering. Remember. We can be confident because we receive our identity not from our past, but from our God. And we can be sure that the Father's heart and His intent is to overturn whatever happened. And those memories that you have and everything that was meant for harm, He will use to reclaim you. And as he reclaims each of us individually, then corporately we come together. You are his beloved son, his precious daughter. He loves you unconditionally, beyond measure. He is sovereign. He is faithful, and he is your redeemer.
God invites us, I think, to open our hearts to allow his comfort, his validation, his assurance to be experienced in the remembrance of these things that have haunted you and plagued you. Physiologically, this allows us, this gives us this experience of comfort and safety uh, in, in a moment that was originally and typically you're overcome maybe by anxiety or by fear and you feel disempowered. You don't feel that identity. Did you know that recent neurological understandings explain the way anxious or, or traumatized brain can actually change its neuroplasticity and it's how the brain is able to adapt to new information and new truths the mind is absolutely amazing and we're finding out more and more about it all the time but the mind the body and the emotions consistently absorb and process and experience truth and comfort and safety and that does, over time, overrule the traumatic events and the memories of the past. That's the redemption. That's healing. That's what God does through the cross. Your sins are gone. And you feel like, but I'm still left with the damage that those sins have done in and through my life. God's purpose is to heal you completely. Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit, in, in John 14, 26, he said, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into truth and bring to mind what I have taught you. God, in this situation, may use a Persian king to remind his people, no, we made promises and we're going to keep those promises. But today, he uses the Holy Spirit who dwells in every believer to bring to mind what he said in his word and all of his promises. Because all of his promises are yes and amen. So we're going to transition and I want to offer you just a model of a prayer for inner healing. And I recommend that later in the week, at some time you get by yourself, go up in the mountains or get away in your favorite place or a room where you can just be alone with the Lord and there's no distractions. There's something about that where we can hear more clearly and securely in an environment that we've sort of established for the moment to heal these broken places uh, in our hearts. So we're gonna ask the Lord to surround us with his presence. And as we give ourselves back to him, and say, Lord, I've been coming on Sunday mornings and I've been listening to these messages and I want you to reclaim me. I want you to reclaim my mind, my heart, my habits, my lifestyle, everything about me, Father, my future and my past. I want you to reclaim that. I'm going to give you that. And we give ourselves back to the Lord and we put ourselves, we come under his authority again. You know, Paul warns us in Colossians 2.19 of how dangerous it is and that it's possible that we lose our connection to the head who is Jesus 
and we live under our own authority. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to declare the authority of Jesus over our hearts. You know, Psalm 33, 15 says, you made my heart. You know my heart. And Romans 2, 29 says, that heart you made, now you've redeemed that heart. He's reclaimed that heart. It's his. So here's the first part of our prayer. And here's what we're going to do. And this may be a little clumsy or clunky. I'm just trusting the Lord to use this. And I've prayed and prayed about this. We're going to put the sections of this prayer. It's really just one, but we're going to break it down. And I'll just say amen at each each section. So you'll know when I'm, I'm done praying and I've started talking like I talk again. Okay? So let's begin. And if you just want to say this silently as we read it together... You're perfectly free. In fact, I'll invite you and encourage you to do that. Jesus, I come into your presence now. And I ask you to surround me. I come under your authority and your claim upon my life. I give myself to you, body, soul, and spirit. I give my heart to you in every way, including the broken places in me. I declare your authority over my heart. You made my heart, and you have redeemed my heart. Amen. Then we just invite Christ in. We ask Jesus, would you come back into this emotion or this memory This broken place within me. And most of us, if not all of us, have those places. And we give him permission. We're giving Jesus access. We're opening the door to that particular place that you may have kept hidden or closed off or or quiet, even from yourself. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, you know, if you hear me calling and you open the door... I'll come in. So you don't have to face that, whatever it was, by yourself anymore. Jesus says, let me come in and we'll do this together. There's probably more than one broken place within us. But let's just try to stay with one at a time. The one connected uh, with the event or the emotion or the habit that you just can't seem to escape. That just seems to continue. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God said, let light shine out of darkness, and he made his light shine in our hearts. So ask him to make it clear to you. Let's pray. Jesus, I invite you into this broken place with me, this wound, this memory, and I give you total access to my heart. Come, Lord. Shine your light here. Reveal to me all that's going on here. What is this about? Show me. Meet me in this place. Amen. Now when you pray that, especially when you do this alone and you're not rushed, you're taking time, he may take you back to a memory that you don't want to remember. He may take you to a time and a place that was just a shattering something. In your life. 
Other times he may take you back and you just, he may make you aware of how dark and sinful something in you and a place in you was that maybe you didn't take that seriously or realize. We ask Jesus, tell me what you're saying in this wounded part of me and then I'm just going to listen for the healing word of the Lord. John 6, 68 says, you have the words of real life. He has the words of real life. Sometimes the Spirit may ask you, why are you so scared? What are you, what are you afraid of? Will you let me heal you now? Let's pray. Jesus, come and lead me in healing this brokenness in my heart. Speak to me here, Lord. What are you saying to me? Give me ears to hear and eyes to see what you're revealing. Let no other voice speak but you, Lord Jesus, just you alone. Amen. I think all of us have probably abused and misused places in our hearts. We've pushed them down. We've turned them into something that, you know, we feel like maybe somebody else can take care of this for us or, you know, that, that this situation or this behavior or this action is going to give us comfort or help us to cope. And we've done that again and again and you keep coming back around in circles and circles and circles. And Jesus sometimes just in prayer makes things clear to us. And he does this as we confess our sins. We renounce those sins and we repent of those. And sometimes that's a great act of the will, isn't it? You know, and we ask him, God, I'm repenting of this. And just like 1 John 1, 9 says, as I, as I release that and I confess that to you, will you cleanse that part of my heart? Now, I don't know if you ever thought about cleansing. We usually typically think of that as forgiveness of sin and now that's gone. But the damage and the aftermath of sin, he goes, I'm going I'm to cleanse that. You see, had the, 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 the healing power that's there. Let's pray. Jesus, forgive me for the ways I have mishandled my brokenness. You alone make me to dwell in safety. Forgive me for all my self-protection and self-redemption and for all my false comforters. Cleanse my heart of every sin by your shed blood. Amen. What I have found in my life and the lives of a lot of people around me is that sometimes those broken places and those habits have become spiritual strongholds. And you know what? You're just going to have to do battle. You're going to have to engage in spiritual warfare. For some of you, you're going to sense an immediate redemption and just think, I'm just set free. For others, you're going to have to fight with the Holy Spirit. Our sins... Here's why. Because our sins have given the enemy. Uh, Romans 6.16 says that that has given him a certain entitlement to us. We have given him permission. We have said, you know, I agree with you. and I'm just going to let you in. And whatever you say, I'm just going to go. So now as you renounce that and as you say, no, you know what? We're going to reclaim this and it's not yours anymore. Do you think he's going to let go of you without a fight? Usually not. Because we've allowed Satan in our lives in these areas. And this has come where we've agreed with him. And you hear that whisper that says, you can't ever trust anybody. Everybody's just against you. And what does your heart typically say? Yeah, 
That's true. You are not lovely. You are not valuable. There's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about me. Do you see what you're doing? You're agreeing. You're giving him that permission. And we just, that circle just goes around again. And you've done that so many times. If I do this, if I engage in this behavior, that's going to give me a little relief. Well, we're not going to agree with that anymore. We know it's a lie. It's a lie. It's just a circle. So we're going, to, we're going to renounce, we're going to repent of that, we're going to renounce those agreements, and we're going to ask, God, will you cleanse me by the blood of Jesus? And we're going to command, you know, James 4, 7 says, when you've done that and your heart is pure, command the enemy to flee, and he will flee from you. Wouldn't you like that? Jesus, I now break every agreement I've made with Satan and his lies. I renounce any claim that I have given to my enemy. And in the name of Jesus, I command him to flee. Amen. Then we ask Jesus to do the very thing that he said he came to do. To heal our brokenness and to bind up our hearts. Sometimes those places in our hearts have been isolated from the Lord and from the will of the Lord because of shame, because we don't like to face that, because it feels ugly and it feels dark. And, there's, and so we just, don't, we just put it away and we lock the door and we just, we, and now, and what I'm saying is, you know, God's going to heal that and he's going to open that up sometimes. So uh, it's not that that's a lot of fun, but our part is to listen and to follow, Lord, where you're leading. And God's saying, you've let me in all these rooms of your house. You know, you've let me in the kitchen and you've let me in the den and the living room and the family room and the basement. And, oh, you let me, you know, in, your, in the bedroom and you let me. But here's this closet. You go, oh, Lord, I don't want you to go in there. <laughs> well, today, for some of you, you got to open that door and let him come in to that place and bring healing. And as you welcome, you know, back this despised, forgotten, dirty, old part, this forsaken part, Jesus embraces you and he steps into that place with you. Let's pray. Jesus, come now and do as you promised to do. Heal my broken heart and set me free. Bring this place into your love and healing, bring this place home. I welcome your healing. I welcome this part of my heart back home again. Come, bind me up, make me whole. Your healing's not going to come accidental. Have you ever had an injury? Maybe your arm hurt or something happened and, or you had a toothache and you think, I'll just ignore it and it'll magically get better. <laughs> and it didn't. Over time, it just got worse and it hurt more and more or the injury became more pronounced and could even become permanent. No, you've got to intentionally do something. And this is the same way. You're not going to magically get better. And today is a day that's about you stepping forward and trusting him. Some of you have a permanent tattoo somewhere on your body. 
and it's there on your skin. Let God's word, not your past, not those old memories, not those old pains, not those old lies, be etched in the same way that a tattoo would be on your skin. Let, let the truth of God's word be etched on your soul. Let it become permanent. Don't leave here and continue to go round and round in circles. God made you. and God is reclaiming you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to finish our time together by singing a song. Um, and if you have prayed that prayer today, and you may need more time with it, I think you probably will. Um, but it's a beginning, right? It's a step forward. And here's what we're going to do. Just, we're just going to give you a minute. If you want to, you need the opportunity. We're going to stand together. And if you've prayed that and you would just like to be affirmed, if you just would like to be blessed, I'm going to ask our pastors, our staff, if we could just be here for you. And you know what? We're not going to ask you one question. We don't need to know. If you want to tell us something, you may. But if you don't, then we're just going to pray a one or two sentence prayer over you of affirmation and blessing. And that's all. You can go back to your seat or you can stay. You're totally free to do however the Holy Spirit leads you to do. But let's begin today. New path. And set free from old memories and old hurts and pains and sins. Would you stand and let's sing and let's pray.